It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the fall! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la mauvaise! C'est la mauvaise! Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le fac, troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. All right, Marinero, there we go. I was uh, just retweeting uh, that uh, we're on, and I'm going to be taking your calls at one triple eight five eight five seven four two five tonight. But I won't only be taking your calls. As a matter of fact, I have a special guest who's going to join me probably in the next fifteen minutes or so, uh, fifteen minutes or so, and we're going to talk about the Montreal Canadiens beating the Detroit Red Wings tonight. Yes, this happened, and I have to tell you that even though everyone knows that I want the rebuild, and even though I know. Everyone knows that I say that when they pick up points, it kind of upsets me. I really enjoyed this hockey game tonight. A lot of people will say that Jake Allen stole this one, and clearly Jake Allen was amazing because he stopped 41 of 43, and uh, not to mention uh, that he came up very, very big in the shootouts as well, only giving up a goal to David Perron. And uh, Lucas Raymond, he makes a big stop off of him. We're going to recap the game for those of you who missed it. Allen was colossal. So was the Montreal Canadiens penalty kill, by the way, because the Detroit Red Wings went on the power play seven, count them seven times in this hockey game, including a five-minute major that was given to Uri Slavkowski. Mind you, it wasn't a power play for five minutes because a couple of minutes later, the Red Wings themselves picked up a penalty. But uh, wow, this game had everything. The Canadians showed a lot of guts, and they showed a lot of determination. Once again, I'm not just going to go with Jake Allen stole the game. Was Jake Allen the best player in this hockey game tonight? Yes. Was Mike Hoffman the best Montreal Canadiens forward? Um, Yes, he was. He was the most productive. And what I like is that I saw engagement from Hoffman. And over the last couple of days here, Kent Hughes has been criticized. Jeff Gordon has been criticized by some, some fans and some members of the media. 
because they don't understand how it wasn't the Jonathan Drouin who was put on waivers. They don't understand how it wasn't a Dadunov who was put on waivers. And they don't understand how it wasn't a Mike Hoffman who was put on waivers. Now, Jonathan Drouin didn't pick up any points in tonight's hockey game. And neither did Evgeny Dadunov. But hear me out. Mike Hoffman scored two goals. This is how quickly things change in the game of hockey, all right? Take a look at Mike Hoffman's value yesterday. And then take a look at Mike Hoffman's value tonight after scoring two goals in this hockey game. Now, some of you are going to say he's still not going to be able to fetch anything at the deadline. That's what you think now on Tuesday, November 8th. But we don't know what's going to happen at the end of February. And we don't know. We don't know. If Mike Hoffman has four or five more of these games, his value is going to go up. Now, a lot of you are messaging me right now that uh, Mike Hoffman's value is still nothing. That's fine. And I and listen, I don't disagree with you. One game doesn't change things a lot, but it changes things a little bit. Take a look at the stock market. You probably have a penny stock, right? Well, a penny stock has some days where it actually goes from three cents and maybe even doubles up at six cents. Hoffman's value went up tonight, all right? So it probably didn't go up a ton for you, but if it's a penny stock, it went up. And now I'm getting that they're tapping goals and this and that. They were rebound goals, yes. But you know what? A score is a score is a score, and he's a guy who has scored in his career. And I'm telling you that there are other guys who would have shot the puck right back at Vili Husso's pads and Husso would have made a save, even though most of the cage was empty. Hey, listen, let's give credit where credit is due. Mike Hoffman played a good hockey game tonight. Come on, you're not going to tell me he he didn't. Now, unfortunately, the two other guys, Drouin and Dadanov, not really. As a matter of fact, Jonathan Drouin uh, ended up losing the puck with the Canadians on the power play. He mishandled it. And it's a breakaway going the other way, very unfortunately. Drouin is a man without confidence right now, and hopefully he can find himself a goal here. And I was hoping that he was going to score in the shootout when he's got that patented move where he fakes forehand, he lifts the leg, he fakes the forehand, he goes backhand. And uh, Husso bit, but unfortunately he couldn't get the puck up and over Husso. It's Marinero. It's the Sick Podcast. We're live on Twitter. We're live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. It's absolutely free. Tell your friends about it. Tell them that this podcast is pretty sick. Brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer. Intense like me by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Tonight's win by the Canadians was team concept. In the world of a very, very smart hockey man, in the words of a very smart hockey man, Team concept, total emotion, and motivation. All right, so uh, there you have it. Brendan Gallagher. Brendan Gallagher, since the hands were fractured, both of them, uh, I have not seen a huge slap shot from him, or for that matter, even a lively wrist shot. Well, we saw a couple of them tonight. Because just under six minutes into the hockey game, Gallagher, who's a right-handed shot, is going down the left wing, and he takes a very lively wrist shot, which goes off of Vili Husso's shoulder, and the puck just basically jumps out to Mike Hoffman, 
and he's able to uh, tap at home or shoot at home. And then Dylan Larkin killing a penalty gets interfered with and there's a penalty shot. Even though he was able to get a shot away, we know that if you're getting slashed on a breakaway now, you're going to get a penalty shot. And unfortunately for him, he mishandled the puck and he was able to get it back on his stick before actually taking a shot. He kind of muffed on it a little bit. He got it back, but Jake Allen just followed him the whole way and basically took away the entire corner from him. And Jake Allen actually made it look pretty easy, a save on Dylan Glarkin, who's you know one of the better players in the National Hockey League. 15 goals, uh, 15 points, pardon me, in 12 games going into tonight's hockey game. Less than 11 minutes after Mike Hoffman had given the Montreal Canadiens a 1-0 lead, uh, Edmondson is behind the net, and Arbor Jackye is going to make some mistakes. He's going to make some bad reads, some bad reacts, some bad decisions. He made one because he goes behind the net as well, and at least uh, Snarzik, uh, Snarzik open all alone, and he gets a pass, and he's able to right in the slot all alone, and he's able to put it by Jake Allen. But Mike Hoffman gets a huge goal for the Canadians with 16 seconds left in period number one, once again off of a Brendan Gallagher rebound, and his second goal of the game almost looked exactly like his first goal of the game. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. They're an asset-based, and make no mistake, I mean, they don't make water. They give this to their employees, and uh, I'm pretty lucky because uh, they delivered a case to me. They're nice people. Uh, But Energy Transportation Group is an asset-based 3PL provider. That's what they do. They offer outstanding service at incredible rates, serving all of North America. Energy Transportation Group offers full-service logistics support. It's also uh, a great place to call work. Let me tell you that right now. On to period number two, and in period number two, there were no goals to be scored, so the Canadians still had that 2-1 lead. Unfortunately for the Canadians, though, David Savard, I'm not so quite sure what he was upset about. If I would have been at the game in Detroit, at Little Caesars Arena, I'd probably have a better idea, but he was pretty livid, and he let the referee have it as he made his way back to the locker room, and guess what? Uh, Once he comes out for the third period, we find out, that uh, David Savar was going to be spending 10 minutes in the penalty box, he got a misconduct. And that hurts the Canadians because, let's face it, David Savar is the one guy on the fence who eats up the most minutes. He blocks a lot of shots. And uh, that guy sacrifices his body. I got to tell you, uh, if we could uh, pick who's got more bruises on their body of any Montreal Canadiens player, or defenseman, that is, David Savar would probably be a pretty good guess the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Lacash. If the last time you went to Lacash was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacash. The menu will surprise you. And on to period number three, and um, Lucas Raymond ties this game at two. As for Uri Slavkowski, there was a hit that was reminiscent of the hit that um, Josh Anderson laid out a couple of days ago. It's when you have a player up against the boards and, uh, you know, you push him by the side and he ends up going flying. And um, look, I know this sign sounds kind of weird because it didn't look good and didn't look good at all. But um, I don't think Slavkowski meant to hit Luff the way he did, who went into the boards face first. 
It was not a nice thing to see. I don't think there was malicious intent, but it is what it is. And it did happen. And he did receive a five-minute major penalty. And it was deserving. And once again, the Red Wings go on the power play, but you can't find the winner there. There were a couple of things that really impressed me in overtime. One of them was, and I'm not so sure, uh, well, there's so many things to think about, but, um, and I'm getting that uh, Slavkovsky barely touched them. All right, well, he barely touched them. Uh, It was a penalty, okay? Uh, Oh, my G, did you even watch the game, Marinero? Come on, man. No, no, no. I, I didn't watch the game, okay? I'm here doing a podcast about the Canadians and about the hockey game, but I didn't watch the game, all right? Uh, I went out with my wife. Uh, we took a walk in the forest. Uh, I, I got on my uh, my treadmill. I, I went and I made myself a coffee. I, I spent uh, the rest of the night in my spa. I didn't watch the game whatsoever, okay? Folks, I know it's not the same hit as Anderson, who obviously had malicious intent. I mentioned that it looked like it, but there was no malicious intent from Slavkowski, but it's a hit that happened. He pushed them and he went into the face, he went into boards face first, and it happens. Okay. So please don't tell me I didn't watch the game. I watched the game. The biggest insult you can ever give me is tell me that I didn't watch the game because you don't agree with my interpretation of what I saw. Sports is a beautiful thing. Why? It's subjective. You see it through your eyes. I see it through my eyes. Everyone sees it through their own eyes. All right? Okay? This is the way I saw it. I'm trying to explain it to those who probably didn't see it, that it kind of resembled what we saw with Anderson. Anderson had malicious intent. Slavkowski did not. He didn't mean to do it, but it happened. These things happen quickly, especially when a player's on the side. He went into the boards, and by the letter of the law, he deserved the penalty. I I don't know what else to tell you. And now he says, calm down, man. I've been listening to you for 17 years. I really appreciate that you've been listening to me for 17 years. Thank you very much. But because your interpretation of the hit is different than mine, I mean, you don't have to insult me by telling me that I even watched the game. Of course, I watched the game. And I will tell you this. It's 20 years that I do this. And folks, listen very carefully to what I tell you. For the entire 20 years that I've done this, never with a capital N-E-V-E-R did I not watch the game and then go on to talk about it. That's not me. Maybe it's others. It's not me. I really enjoyed this hockey game tonight. When it went to overtime, did you see the shift by Caden Gooley? It was unbelievable. At a, at a certain point, he looked like a man possessed that he was the one who was going to score the game-winning goal in overtime. His shift was sick, S-I-C-K, which is if you're enjoying this podcast, and I'm loving doing it, if you're enjoying it, uh, comment sick, message me sick, do it on uh, Facebook, do it on Twitter, do it on YouTube. It was awesome. And then the way he was, he was, he was trying to get the puck away. He was forechecking three on the, he's coming back. He was a general. It was, it was amazing. Am I, the, I loved, 
I loved this game tonight. Like, I really loved the game. Maybe I didn't love the result because it hurts the rebuild. And I, by the way, I mentioned in camp that because I want the rebuild to happen, I would have traded Jake Allen instead of keeping him. Not because I don't like him and not because he's not good. Because I like him and because he's good and because he's going to steal points. And some people got back to me and said, Tony, the Canadians aren't going to be very good. Jake Allen is not going to steal points. He'll be able to stand on his head. He still won't steal points. Well, tonight he stood on his head. He stopped 41 of 43. And guess what? He stole points. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer Intense by Nature, La Cash, and Energy Transportation Group. Because if the last time you went to La Cash was when they won the cup. Listen, they're going to win the cup one day. I'm, I'm going to tell you that, and I've said this before, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, welcome. And thank you for supporting the podcast. Really appreciate it. We've been getting a lot of your messages over the past couple of days. People are wondering, by the way, if with the new format, we're getting more views. Uh, let me answer it this way. It's very hard to go live every 24 hours for one week straight and get more views than when you were recording and uploading every two, two and a half days because everyone has a chance to watch the podcast for about two days before the next one comes up. When you're going live every night, well, you go live and then there's 24 hours, not even 24 hours, yet 24 hours later, and then you're going doing it all over again, so you move on to the next one. But we're trying to accomplish other things. We're trying to, uh, uh, you know, accomplish basically um, consistency with the podcast Monday to Friday, starting at 10 p.m. or right after the Montreal Canadiens hockey game. If it's if it ends later than 10 p.m., uh, a structure. We're going to be taking calls. We know that you're very passionate. You want to weigh in, and uh, no winner in overtime. They go to PK. Caulfield goes first. He swings left. He goes far corner. He scores. Lucas Raymond swings right, but a left pad saved by Jake Allen. Suzuki does the opposite of Caulfield, well, on the opposite wing, but the same thing. He swings right, and he shoots far corner. He scores. Perot scores on a quick wrist shot. And then uh, Jonathan Drouin is stopped by Billy Husso, a left pad save. And Dylan Larkin goes last. And it was a good night for Dylan Larkin in one respect. He was flying. But another respect in terms of being opportunistic, he was not. And in terms of being all alone versus Jake Allen, it wasn't very good because he missed, missed, and missed again. We bring in our guy. Here he is. Matthew O'Han, who brings you the sick podcast with Matthew O'Han every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. What's going on? I'm good, Tony. You keep me waiting. What's going on with you? I, I keep you waiting. Well, how long? Yeah, you been there? I've, been, I've been there for ten minutes already. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, listen. I, I told was, you when I, I told was you single. 10, I had, when, when I was single, I had women waiting for me all their lives. Yeah, I know, but I hold myself to a to a high standard here. What did you think? Uh, I okay. I I saw it way differently than you did. Uh, I I really didn't like this game at all. Uh, oh, I, really? I thought it. 
I thought the first period, while they score, they they got goals in the first period. I, I thought it was a terrible effort. I thought they were very, very lucky to get those goals. Great play by Gallagher to shoot it into the pads on on two occasions. Yes, for uh, Mike Hoffman, he for Mike Hoffman to scoop those up. Great not plays. To, not two, if I can. The first one was off of the left shoulder. I watched right. it a couple of times, but it just seemed like Gallagher. And I'll go back to you in a second here, Matt. If I can, it just seemed like Gallagher was instead of thinking of scoring, let me get two shots on net, and it resulted in two rebounds. I don't know if it was kind of intentional in that way of thinking. That's the way it looked. Continue. Yeah, so I, I just found they, they were very lackluster in the first period. They didn't look like they were ready to play. Started to get a little better in the second, and then in the third, it looked like they were in control. And then, of course, the five minute takes the wind out of your sails. So it, it ended off on a very solid note. But I, from from start to end, that was not the best effort we saw all season. Hey, listen, uh, I somebody says that uh, they think you have a better camera, which is kind of weird because uh, your camera is a camera that I passed on to you which sells for like $130, and mine is like a $4,000 camera. So why don't we do this? There's something wrong with my lighting here. Hold on a second. I got to do something. I got to shut off these lights. Anyway, whatever. I'll have somebody do it for me later. Okay. I will agree and disagree with you. The Detroit Red Wings were clearly better than the Montreal Canadiens. The Detroit Red Wings clearly dominated, especially the first period of this hockey game. And uh, the Detroit Red Wings speed gave the Canadians some problems. Their forecheck gave the Canadians some problems. There's no doubt about it. The Red Wings are a better team. They had won three straight going into this game. The Canadians had lost three straight. Mm-hmm. The Canadians had a losing record. The Red Wings are 7-3-2. and two. So the Red Wings are better to begin with. They're playing at home. They have the last line change. What I liked about the Canadians is I like certain facets of their game. One, I love their penalty kill. Oh, you know, well, they killed they had, uh, seven. They, had a, they were uh, showcasing uh, all night, basically. They killed off seven Detroit power plays. Number two, I love the fact that they were opportunistic. Number three, I like the fact that they blocked shots and they battled defensively. Number four, I like that this was an exciting hockey game. Number five, Jake Allen stood on his head. But there were some good performances from some players tonight that I haven't always delivered a good performance. Mike Kaufman, that's his best game of the season. Sure, I agree. Well, sorry. I agree. He, well, no, I agree. He put up two goals. I mean, he had a pretty big defensive gaffe where it was Mike Hoffman, make Mike Hoffman giveth, Mike Hoffman taketh away. But then he yes. gave again. But that's that. I mean, that's that's going to happen. That's that's Mike Hoffman. Uh, Brendan Gallagher tonight, in just eleven minutes and twelve seconds, had five shots on goal. He had the two assists. He was a plus one. That was a big game for him. Suzuki oh, logged a lot of one. ice time with 22.53. Slavkowski had 10 minutes and 33 seconds. But you know what? Still, from him, I saw some things that, you know what, encourages me even more. Cole Caulfield didn't score tonight, but he did have four shots on goal. You got an assist for Christian Dvorak. Um, Kirby Doc showed some shifts where I think he's stronger than a lot of people think. 
and I think he can protect the puck better than a lot of people think. Caden Gooley tonight logged 22 minutes and 50 seconds, had two shots, and was a plus one in this hockey game. Matt, there's some encouraging signs, man. So, no, for sure. And that was a massive game for Gallagher. I think he needed that because, you know, he's not the first-line guy anymore. He's now the third-line guy, and yeah. we we all have to live with that. But what the one name I'll disagree with, while he did log a lot of minutes and played very, very well defensively, I'm going to preface that by saying this, is that I, I really – tonight proved to me one thing. If Nick Suzuki is not making a, an impact offensively, the Canadians are most likely not going to win the game. They they won on the back of Jake Allen. I think we could both agree on that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it, it's just, you know, it goes back to the old Sam Mitchell saying, you know, you, you got he played 23 minutes and he's got the stat line 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, while I understand he was on the ice for four and a half minutes of those were shorthanded, I, I was a little disappointed offensively because I, I, you know, I was watching at my uncle's house and I said to him, I go, mm-hmm. wow, I, I haven't said Nick Suzuki's name tonight. And, you know, it, it's not a slight on him because he's been so good this season and, and just by far the Canadian's best player. But when you set the standard that high, it, it's kind of tough to have a bad game and watch someone have a bad game like that. Yeah, listen, I I I can understand that. You're right. But um look, we know that for the most part right now, Matt, they're mm-hmm. a one-line team, right? Oh, it's only yeah, that yeah. line it's that scores clear. goals. Tonight, though, another line scored two goals and they won. Once again, did was Allen the best player in this game? Yes. If Jake Allen was human tonight instead of being superhuman, they lose. But goalies are going to steal games in the National oh, yeah. Hockey League. Maybe not as many as before, but they will. And uh, so, listen, uh, I thought it was I thought it was an entertaining hockey game. I want entertainment. Uh, and 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 we saw it tonight. I mean, the game had everything tonight. It had it had uh, some big hits. It had some big mm-hmm. saves. It had some great plays. It had some nice goals. It had uh, some power plays. It had uh, overtime. It had penalty shots uh, or a penalty shot. It had shootout. Uh, what more do you want? What more do you want? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I like this win. I didn't like the game, but I like the win because mm-hmm. it's better for the Canadians to win in that way than to lose the way Detroit did. How about that? That's you fine. know they 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 clearly deserve that. the game. They cl- clearly deserve the game. It must be so dejecting to lose a game like that. I granted they got a point, but still, imagine you know you you lose a game you dominated for eighty five percent of it. You come away with only one point. That's a little disappointing. Whereas the Canadians can come away saying, "Hey, we we it was a gutsy victory. We eked that one out. Let's get better to let's be better tomorrow night in front of our own fans." Uh, the only thing that, uh, the only thing that upsets me a little bit is, uh, once again, it's a step back in terms of the rebuild, but it's one game. I'm interested to see what's going to happen tomorrow night versus the Vancouver Canucks when the Montreal Canadiens host them at the Bell Center. It's going to be a 7.30 start. And once again, as soon as that game is over, we're going to be back with the SIG podcast going live the way we do weeknights between 
10 p.m. and whatever time. We usually go for about an hour, but tomorrow we'll go once again as soon as the game is over. And Matt brings you the sick podcast on Fridays. So I go Monday to Thursday. He goes on Fridays. And tonight he's actually even helping out a little bit as we bring you a little bit of a duel. These are things that we're going to do every now and then. Matt's going to jump in from time to time, and we're going to bring you the sick podcast together. I'm going to jump in from time to time on Fridays with Matt, and we're going to bring you the sick podcast together. And um, who knows? We might even get the Detroit Beastie, Chris, who was on the show last night, even jump in to give us uh, his Detroit Red Wings perspective. A team, by the way, Matt, mm-hmm. who uh, I watched them play. Who do they remind you of? A little bit. Like, in the making of? Do they remind you of anyone in particular? Off the top of my head, not quite. I see a team Go ahead. that can one day play like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh yeah, I could see. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right. They, you know, that I don't know if it's their third or fourth line, but it's like a line of monsters out there. It's uh, Samuelson, and they they have a rookie on that line that uh, Soderblom. Yeah, and uh, and there's another one out there, obviously, because there's three players on a line. They're huge, eh? By the way, that line that is a it's a monster line. Yeah, they're absolutely huge. That line is absolutely huge, and it's the. uh, it's, uh, it's the, um, well, they had, uh, you know, they, 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 they got a couple of injuries, but, uh, and they have, look right now they have Larkin playing with, uh, Raymond and, 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 uh, Pius Suter. They have cop with Perron and, uh, Kublik, Kublik, by the way, uh, he can put the puck in the net big time. Uh, not sure. Agnello. Uh, would you have the uh, the lineup for the Detroit Red Wings that we can put it up? If you do, uh, just put it up. I'd like to take a look at it. And if you don't, that's okay. Just send me a note and tell me uh, if we don't. But, um, okay, here it is. Fantastic. Uh, Agnello and Sammy doing great work in master control. Larkin with Raymond and Suter. Kopp with Perron and Kubelik. Rasmussen with Snarzik and Ern. And Valeno, Soderblom, and Luff. Joe Valeno, by the way, Montreal kid, and David Perron from Sherbrooke, Quebec, Sherratt, Cider, Mata, Ronick, and Osterley and Lindstrom with Huso in goal. I have to tell you, when I talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning, okay, um, mm. where does the comparison start with them and the Lightning? It starts with their architect, their general manager, Steve Eiserman, who used to be the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it just seems like there's some pieces in place that kind of reminds me of the Lightning. Now, Huso is not Vasilevsky, and maybe he never will be. Cider, just yet, as good as he is, he's oh, really he's good. He's not headman, but I think he's going to be a headman for the next 12, 13 years in the National Hockey League. Um, I'm not so sure that Dylan Larkin will be Stamkos, because Stamkos was able to score a lot of goals. And, you know, Kucherov scores a lot of goals. And look, you know, the, the Lightning obviously have a lot of depth. They won the Stanley Cup two years in a row and went to the Stanley Cup final last year and losing out to the uh, to the Colorado Avalanche. But they got some players on that team. Lucas Raymond is going to score goals in this league. Dominic Kubelik is going to score goals in this league. Pavel Zadina is hurt right now. But if you can recall... When the Montreal Canadiens drafted Jesperi Kotkaniemi with the third pick overall, a lot of people wanted the Montreal Canadiens to draft Pavel Zadina. 
Unfortunately, he's out with an injury long-term, but if he comes into his own and if he's able to do at the National Hockey League level what he did before the National Hockey League, they're going to they're gonna be a team that's going to resemble the Tampa Bay Lightning. They play a puck possession style game. They're, they have an active penalty kill. They have a very aggressive forecheck. They try and get back that puck in a hurry. I like Detroit, and in Steve Eiserman, I trust, and I know he's not a Stanley Cup champion in terms of being a general manager. It's Julian Brisebois who won those two cups. Brisebois did a great job, but I also think he inherited a lot of great work that Steve Eiserman did. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, Steve Eiserman is definitely, for the most part, the architect of that Tampa Bay team. Uh, I would say 90% of it, or the two teams, rather. Um I agree with you. They they play with a lot of speed too, and they and they're big. That's it. That's the impressive thing. You know, you, in the NHL, it, it's one thing to have a big team. It's one. It's an and to play a big game. It's another thing to have a fast team, but you're usually pretty small. Uh, man, these guys could fly out there. I was I was really impressed with Dominic Kubalik tonight. For one, I mean that guy. He looks lethal on the power play. Lucas Raymond, what a, the yeah. way he's turned the way he's turned his season around. I think he he went his first seven games without scoring a goal, and uh, he has I think five or six since. So he's just an unbelievable player. I, I really I really like the makeup of the of the Red Wings. You're you're right. Now that you yeah. now that you draw it out, you're right, which you usually are right. So well, listen. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You didn't have to say that, but thank you. I'll. Uh... I'll take that. Uh, Listen, Tyler, I'm still waiting for I'm still waiting for you to throw some flowers my way for my sick picks on Friday. Oh, that's right. I I actually read on social media that you were five and zero oh with your yeah, picks I was on yeah. Friday. That's amazing. I didn't retweet it by the way because I figured a lot of people were going to want me to get fired and you to get the full time gig and stuff yeah. like that. But seeing as you brought it up, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, that's really impressive. Yeah, when I you mean, go five and zero. Oh, with your sick picks, that's not fluke. Uh, well, listen, there, there's 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 some work there. There's some research work there. Well, listen, I'll, I'll say this: I I had won my my Sunday parlays the t- two weeks prior to this past week, and then Sammy uh, Sammy and Yellow texted me saying, "Hey, you mind giving a, a couple picks on uh on the podcast on Friday?" And I go, "Well." I said it on the episode. I said, oh, well, mm-hmm. now that I won money the past two weeks and I kept my picks to myself, I'm going to be giving picks. And I'm going to be losing people money and everyone's going to yeah. be calling me an idiot. And then, uh, you know, Saturday night happens or Saturday day happens with uh, Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia covers. And yeah. then Saturday night, you know, it's 2-2 heading into the third period between Vegas and uh, Vegas and Montreal. And I'm going, yeah, I don't know if that one's going to happen. And then, uh, you know, it just yeah. fell into place. It was awesome. All right, one more thing on the Detroit Red Wings, and then we'll stop talking about them because they're a thing of the past now. The Canadians play them, and they're going to you know, prepare to play the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night at the Bell Center, is that we should uh, we should mention that even Tyler Bertuzzi is not in the lineup tonight, and that's another very useful player. And, right. uh, you know, he's his name has come up uh, over the past couple of years uh, because, you know, there could be a few issues there and stuff like that. But, you know, when, when he's on, that... That kid can play hockey. All right. So now, Uri Slavkowski, uh, suspension, yes or no, and why? No. I thought I thought the refs got it right. Um, I, I think it was a five in a game for sure. They got that one right. Yeah. But to me, when you compare you compare what Anderson did to Slavkowski, 
Anderson's coming in with speed. Slavkovsky, the play is around him. You know, the puck's in, in the player's feet. He's looking down at the puck. And, and, you know, Slavkovsky hit him in the numbers. But he didn't come in with speed. It wasn't boarding. It was a hit from behind. Or they called it as boarding. But I didn't see it. Because boarding, to me, is kind of like charging into the boards. Mm-hmm. So, I, I just I don't see a suspension. Worst, worst I see it as a one gamer, not, uh, not anything crazy, you know, like it wasn't that malicious. Yeah, no, uh, your thoughts on this Lefkowski, uh, basically, uh, passing the, uh, the nine game mark with his 10th game with the Canadians. So if I would have told you, uh, during the preseason that Slavkowski is going to be here for more than nine games, you would have said what exactly? Uh, I would have believed you. I, I definitely would have believed you because, I think, well, first of all, the Canadians need the help up front. I mean, they have options there, but uh, not exactly quality. So I I would believe you in that way. Um, But I also, had you told me in the middle of the season, if he had a stint with Laval, I -hmm. would believe you as well. And I think think that could still happen because... You know, it's a long season. Things happen. He could he could go through a major slump, and he might need some uh, some uplifting. They might want to they might want to show him some things down there that he could implement into his game. Um, so he, he I, actually I th- he actually hit Luff tonight the way he got hit a couple of weeks ago. Exactly, and then Luff just ended up going face first into the boards. And Rossi didn't hit him. He didn't get hit face first in the boards. And, you know, Luff was bleeding and it looked really bad and really scary. Whereas on Slavkovsky, he just kind of fell. And it it didn't just because a play. It's the same thing with the four minute penalty. It makes no sense that you're penalizing based off of injury. Hey, uh, if the Canadians, it seems like in previous years when uh, Carey Price was in goal, it almost seems like if they brought the game to overtime, they tried to keep the puck away from the other team, thinking if they go to shootout, they got a good chance because they got carry and goal. Well, if they go to shootout now, uh, they got a good chance because it almost seems like Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki have so much confidence right now, especially Caulfield, even when he kind of mishandles the puck or whatever, that wrist shot is just so lively and so fast Goalies have a hard time reacting to it. Yeah. And, you know, the the crazy thing about them going to three on three is, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the Canadians in past, you know, they would kind of rely on Carey Price and whatnot. But now it's kind of the the roles are reversed. You know, you don't want the Canadians to have the puck on three on three because he's so lethal. Cole Caulfield is at five on five with his shot. Now imagine him having all that space and ice to work with. He's bound to have more space to rip off that shot. So um, it's really fun watching players like that in in three on three. Um, And I mean, that duo, what what more could you say? I think RDS had a graphic that, you know, they're of the dynamic, dynamic duos of the league. Uh, this season, they're at the top of the list of scoring the majority of percentage of goals for their team. I think there's something at 45% for the team's goals. So, yeah, I mean, they, they've got a tr- they got the pair of the future right there. Yeah, you don't have to give them a plug, by the way. All right, why don't we do this? Uh, let's, uh, yeah, um, let's open up the phone lines at one 585 7425 one sick which is 7425 There you have it. Let's open up the phone lines. It's you called. You called. Presented by Playground. 
brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. All right, so there's your number at one 585 7425 Folks, we want to talk to you. We're going to try and get to all the calls. We ask, though, that you bring it, because if you're not going to bring it, it's just not going to last very long, right? We're trying to bring you a show with energy, and if it's not going to have the same energy, then we're going to move on to another call. We do appreciate all of you taking the time to give us a call. We do want to talk to you. We know you want to talk to us. So uh, when we have calls here, Agnello will bring them up. one 585 7425 I take a look at my monitor to see who's going to be calling in. You can talk to us about Uri Slavkowski getting a five-minute major penalty and a game misconduct. You can talk to us about the Canadians' penalty kill, which killed off seven Detroit power plays. Speaking of which, Matt, do you notice something that Marty St. Louis showed them a couple of weeks ago in practice that they're doing on the penalty kill? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Active stick? Uh, no, not quite. But yes, an active stick is something that you use on the penalty kill. <laughs> always, always uh, two hands on the stick. Always a stick on the ice to cut off passing lanes. But the player, the defenseman sliding to take away the cross ice pass. Mm. If you notice on both sides of the goalie, whether it's the left or the right D, every time a lane opens up and a the other team is going to do a cross-ice pass to the other side. You're getting defensemen coming across and sliding on the ground to cut off a pass. And we saw some images of a couple of weeks ago of Marty St. Louis showing his defensemen how to actually slide. I think St. Louis was there. I think Stefan Robidal was there as well. And he had a couple of players, and he was showing them how to slide to cut off uh, that pass cross ice and they're doing it i saw them do it often tonight i saw them doing it often sliding basically to cut the pass i saw it a lot a lot a lot and you know what um they're doing it really really good you know i now that you mention it i did notice it on one one specific play because it was a pretty big block and it was david savard who did it surprise surprise the guy is just insane um he slid on uh Kubalik who had uh-huh. no more passing lane and then he yeah. just basically had to shoot the puck right into Jake Allen's uh right into his chest he had no no other option so uh yeah. now that you mentioned that I do I do notice it all right uh if you're going to be listening tomorrow whether it's on Google Apple Spotify on some of these social media apps and you like what you're hearing and you like the way the show is going and the energy and the pace and me and Matt and all that stuff uh Leave us a five-star review. We really, really appreciate it. And um, we're doing our best to try and get as many five-star reviews as possible. When we don't get them, it really, really bothers us. But it motivates us to up the uh, the level. Let's go to Paul in New Brunswick. Paul, good evening. And thanks for calling the yes. Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro. He's Ohan. What's on your mind, Paul? Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Very good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh... You actually covered two of my points I wanted to talk about tonight, so I'll go to my third. Arbor Jackeye. Yeah. Are the Canadians playing with a little bit more attitude because they possibly have an enforcer in their lineup right now? 
I think they're playing with confidence because they have a guy like that who can put out fires. It obviously helps the confidence, and it makes everyone an inch or two taller. Now, I, I know that that aspect is out of the game, but it's not out of the game, if you know what I mean. Matt? No, I agree with you that it's out of the game, but it's not. But that's because you have a guy who plays that rough and tough game, but he can also play. That's the key. He's a very good defenseman, especially for his first year in the NHL. So I think that's what we're seeing is that a guy who's not not afraid to throw around his weight, but he's not doing it recklessly. He's also a very sound defenseman. Yeah, I did a little number on Larkin tonight, too, and six foot eight, whatever his name is, went down one shot also. I noticed that. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right about that. Hey, Paul, thanks so much for calling us. I know we appreciate the calls, and we appreciate you calling in. Thank you. From beautiful New Brunswick, that was Paul. We continue to go to the phone lines at one 585 sick That's one 585 We go to Hamilton. Joe and Hamilton. Joe, good evening. What's going on? Good evening. Is this Tony? It is. I haven't talked to you in probably 10 plus years. Wow. Well, I'm happy you're calling me tonight. How you doing? Great. Hey, listen, uh, you used to talk to my brother a lot. His name is Enzo. You remember Enzo Felice? Uh, Enzo, Enzo, uh, who had a house Felice. in Florida, Enzo? Or? No, no. He, he was from Hamilton. Okay, he was from Hamilton. Actually. Yeah, I can't say that I remember right now, to tell you the truth. But if you say I spoke oh, to your brother Enzo, okay. I'm sure I spoke to your brother Enzo. So sorry about that. What's on your mind, Joe? No problem. Two things. First of all, that play that Slavkovsky, unfortunately, had to hit that player, that was almost six feet off the board. Okay, if you're going to go up against Slavkovsky at 240 pounds, you're going to bounce off of him, or if Slavkovsky pushes him. But it's six feet. There shouldn't be any big deal about it. Secondly, if we didn't have to play uh, uh, Hoffman, Drewan, and uh, Dadanoff, we'd probably be at the top of the league with Boston. I mean, guys, this is not a tank. That's all I want to say. Okay, now, when you say it's not a tank, the players are never going to tank. You know that, right? Correct. Correct, of course. Okay, but... uh... Don't you think that that's where Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are going in terms of, I won't use the word tank, but don't you think they're going in terms of a rebuild? Um, yeah, you could call it a rebuild, but, you know, they're getting better every game. Like if they let the young guys play and throw in a couple of guys like Heineman when he gets back and some guys from, uh, from uh, Laval. We got a team, man, and they're they're focusing on the fact that they want to be a team. I mean, every game I watch, they're getting a little bit better and better. You notice how they don't give the puck away? That's the first sign of a team coming together. Like, they don't give the puck away. I mean, it happens because they're young and so on and so forth. Yeah. But if they learn that aspect of the game, yeah. it's going to be a powerhouse soon. Listen, Joe, I think they have a lot of youthful enthusiasm I think when you add young players to a mix, I think it does a lot of good for a team and the veterans. Just think of that 1986 team that won the Stanley Cup. There were 10 Correct. rookies on that there. team. Uh, good for you. Okay. Joe, thank you so much for calling. I love Hamilton, no and we'll talk to you soon. I hope it doesn't take you're you another 10 years. You're back. Hey, thank you. I hope it doesn't take you another 10 years before you call back, okay? 
Well, no, 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 no. Listen, we, you know, we were listening and so on, but the Habs were so bad for a while. I just couldn't, I couldn't watch them half the time. Yeah, I understand that. But you know what? Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Listen, there's better go days Habs, ahead. Go. Go, go Habs, Habs, go. go. Blah, blah, rouge. All right, back to the phone calls. We go at one triple eight five eight five six one triple eight five eight five seven four two five. Special thanks to Paul in New Brunswick and Joe in Hamilton. Let's go to Pennsylvania, where Tony is standing by. Tony, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, Tony? Very good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Hey, I just want to make a quick comment. Um, I understand the reasoning behind working Slavkovsky um, slowly into the lineup. But I saw a shift today in the second period, whenever they were taking all those penalties, he was paired with Sean Monaghan. And although they didn't score in that shift, they did everything but score. They were that dominant, and I noticed that. And so I really want to see Slavkowski maybe for maybe a half a game at least play with somebody like Sean Monaghan. Like I said, I saw the dominance of that shift, and I just feel like, you know, I think now it's time to at least slowly work him into, you know, more minutes of top guys. Tony, you know, the Canadians are not going to burn Uri Slavkowski by giving him a game with Monaghan, but I think we're going to see Slavkowski get increased minutes and play with better players after that trade deadline for sure. Matt? Yeah, I I think so too, and it's all just a matter of building. I mean, you don't want to they're clearly protecting him. You don't want to throw him too into the fire right off the bat, especially, you know, they right off, right off the hop, you know, Kent Hughes makes his comments in the, uh, in the preseason, Martin St. Louis makes his comments. So you, you want to, you want to protect him a little bit before you're exposing him to more and that could take time. And you know what? I I know people want to see more, which is normal, but I mean, this season amongst any, there is really no rush. Tony in Pennsylvania, thanks, man, for calling. That's a great comment by you. We continue to go to the phone lines. You called. It's presented by Playground on the Sick Podcast. one 585 sick one 585 7425 Back to the phone lines we go. And we have, as we're waiting for it to come in exactly, Danny in Valleyfield. Danny, how are you? Not bad. How about yourself, Tony? Very, very good, Danny. Thank you for calling. I know me and Matt appreciate it. What's on your mind? Uh, you ever been to Valley Field? I have been to Valley Field. Yes. You have? Yeah. When we had the cows, we had the cows. Yes. You remember going there? Uh, the in Valley Field. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say I do, but I've been to Valley Field before, but I don't know if I was at the cash there, but I've been there before. Uh, okay. so this is this is hockey town, Valley Field. We had a, a guy that made the, the National League. His name was Mario Faubert. Mario Robert. Mario Faubert. Mario? Yeah, Faubert. Mario Faubert, Pittsburgh Penguins. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went and seen him in, in, uh, in Quebec. And goes, if I can only get 50 points this year, I'm going to sign a nice contract. Uh, okay. So you know what? I, I, you know, to tell you the truth, to tell you the truth, uh, it didn't ring a bell. So I just looked him up. And now I understand why it didn't ring a bell for me because his last season was 1981-1982. But, yes, yeah, yeah. courtesy of Hockey DB, Mario Fobad, a right-handed shooting defenseman who was drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins 
uh, and played for the Pittsburgh Penguins 231 games in the regular season and another 10 games in the playoffs. But I don't remember because back in 81, 82, I would have been nine years old being born in November of 72. So I would have been nine. And there's some things I remember from when I was a nine-year-old, but it was one of them was Guy Lafleur. Another one was the Canadians winning the cup in 79. And another one was Ken Dryden's pose. But I don't remember oh, Mario Fulbert, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. He had one hell of a shot. Uh, okay, good. It's good to know. We had the, we you had want... the Claude Ruel. Remember him? Claude Ruel, of course I know him. He used to do yeah. extra time with the players. He... They used to love him. Okay, is, uh, would yeah, you like he... to talk about he tonight's game by chance? Pardon? Would you like to talk about tonight's hockey game? Oh, I loved it. I loved that. Good, it's surprising me. Well, he's a good defenseman. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This guy is the real deal. Thank you so oh, much yeah, for calling right. us. Danny, thank you so much for calling us. Uh, we no appreciate problem. it. I hope to talk to you again. Hey, I hope to, to run into you in Valley Field sometime. All right, there you have it. Danny, who uh, wanted to give a shout-out to Mario Fobad from Valley Field, who was um, drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins and played with the Penguins, retired in 1982. Why don't we take some comments? Uh, oh, actually, I'm hearing that we have another caller. Louis hey, is in Montreal. Going? How you doing, Louis? Good, good. Thanks uh, for taking my call. Big fan of yours, Tony. Thank you very much, Louis. I appreciate it. Thank you. Louis, you're not a big yeah, fan of mine. What's hey, going on? Uh, great great third period by the boys hey, there. We fan. really played hard in the, the PK for five minutes. And you're right, you're right about that, but do me a favor, Louis. Show yeah. Matt O'Han some love, too, because, he, you know, you... You said how much you like me. Matt's just there. He's waiting. He's looking. He he needs to feel the love as well. I love you too, Matt. Uh, Louie, you're the best. I love you. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say the, the third period really – I thought we played like a playoff team today. Well, it was a gutsy effort versus a team that came out very strong versus a team that plays with a lot of pace. It was a very gutsy effort by the Montreal Canadiens tonight. There's no doubt about it. Other thoughts? I agree with you. Well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll say this. Um, It's the type of win that when you're making a playoff push, these are the ones that count. You know, they're, they're, it's the Tuesday nights in Detroit, the on the road, the, the Wednesday night in Carolina where, you know, you're, you don't really, you know, you could afford to drop a game. These are the wins that push you into the playoffs. Now, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year, obviously. Um, but in the future, these are the types of wins where you you gut it out, you eke it out, and the good teams are able to win these types of games. All right, uh, back to the full lines we go. But before we do, why don't we take a couple of comments, Agnello and Sammy. Can you bring up a comment or two before we get to Anthony? Slavkovsky is going to stay with the big boys, it looks like, huh? This coming in from Kook69 or Kook69. It definitely looks that way. Anthony and St. Hubert, you're on the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro. He's O'Hayan. What's going on? Hi, Tony. How are you? Very good. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, I just wanted to mention, actually, I wanted to ask you, do you think when we look in the next few years, that Montreal is going to be a contending team. Yes, but next few years. I, I think, I've said this before, I believe that the duel of Gordon and Hughes 
if Bergevin's tenure with the Canadians was nine and a half years, I expect Gordon and Hughes to be here for just as long, unless, of course, they want to do something else at one point. And I believe they will deliver a Stanley Cup to Montreal Canadiens fans. I believe the Canadians have to finish in the bottom five this year. I believe they have to finish probably in the bottom 10 the year after that. Um, all depending, though, if they finish in the bottom five. Let's just say the Canadians get a Bedard, a Fantilli, a Michkov next year. That's your best way of accelerating your rebuild. Drafting a generational player. At that point, you don't have to rebuild much longer. So um, all depend. I think this year is the, the most important year in the history of the rebuild. This year, this is the year with the generational talents in the top three or four. And this is the year that it's deep. And they have a couple of first-round picks. And if they build up the value of two or three of their players, they might be able to get a couple of more in the late 20s. Okay, but do you think with their situation with the cap? You know, we have we have a few bad contracts in our team, right? Yeah, but, you know, three or four of them are going to be off uh, off the cap at the end of the year, right? So Sean Monahan's in the final year of his contract. I don't think he'll be back. So he's off the books. Jonathan Drouin's in the final year of his contract. Personally, I don't think he'll be back. He's off the books. Dadanov is in the final year of his contract. I don't think he'll be back. He's off the books. I mean, just those three contracts alone... I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think you're saving give or take about 15 million. Are you not, Matt? Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And you know, it's funny. I, I mentioned I was watching the game with my uncle. You know, he's yelling at the TV. Oh, drew a drew a waste of a waste of a body on the ice. Dad and off waste of a body on the ice. Buy him out. I go. What? Why would you buy him out? They're done at the end of the year. Sayonara. Goodbye. Have a, I hope you had a nice time here. Okay, Anthony. Thanks so much for calling us. Thank you, buddy. Uh, look, I'm going to say this. I know a lot of people once again want to buy out these players, but Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, they're businessmen. They really are like a CFO and a CEO of a company. They're very strategic in all their moves. I talk about this, uh, talk about them often and as if they're stockbrokers and they have some penny stocks right now. And they're hoping that the penny stocks can turn the corner and maybe go from two cents to four cents, from four cents to seven cents or eight cents. And I brought up the example of Mike Hoffman tonight, whose value doubled in the last 24 hours based on his performance tonight. Some will say that his value is still zero, but if some would say that his value was one before, well, then if he doubled, now he went to two. They're going to hope that they can have some games like this, like Hoffman did tonight. They can have some games like this for Drouin, and they can have some games like this for Dadanov. And whatever they can get, if their value goes up and they can get something for them, well, then they're a winner because up until yesterday, they probably couldn't get anything for them. So that's why I think those guys are playing. That's why I think they play them up in the lineup. And, you know, they're going to give them every opportunity to get going and to pick up some points. We'll get to a comment or two. Let's well, do this. Tone, yeah. uh, let me let me just say, you know, getting – if you're a playoff team or you're a team bound for the playoffs, you think you can make a run and you're still looking to acquire at the deadline. Now, I'm not saying Mike Hoffman is the final piece, but let's say you're a team who's struggling on the power play. You know, Mike Hoffman isn't good for the Canadians because they can't insulate him well. 
a team that's making a cup run can insulate him very well and use him strategically rather than needing to roll him out on lines constantly yeah. nonstop. So, you know, I wouldn't say his value is near zero because other teams can put him in a better situation than he's in here. And, and, and you know what? And um, it, it takes one guy to like you in life, right? With a company, it that's takes it. one boss to like you. With a hockey team, it takes one coach to like you or it takes one general manager to like you. And the other beauty about the NHL playoffs, of course, is there's no quota or cap on the amount of players you can have. And you know what? A lot of teams just want to stack up on depth because players uh, on depth because players go down, they have injuries, and you want to try and add as many as you can. All right, okay. We've gone for just over an hour, about five minutes over an hour. I think we're going to take one more phone call for tonight. We're going to be back tomorrow, and I can't wait. Agnello, are we going to one more call, or are we going to go to one more comment? Uh, Chris Neal is getting his number retired by the Senators, and the words of Tony Marinaro is this a joke. Look, Chris Neal was a heart and soul player. He sacrificed his body for that Ottawa Senators team for more than a decade. Uh, having said that, uh, you know, clearly if he was a Montreal Canadian, he'd not have his jersey retired. And I think a lot of teams in the National Hockey League wouldn't retire his jersey. Ottawa hasn't, you know, looked good for him and his family. It's not something I would have done, but I do know how appreciated he was by his teammates. And if I was playing hockey, I'd love to have a guy like that on my team to fight battles, not only for him, but for everyone else. But in terms of the standard of retiring a jersey, obviously it's higher in uh, in several markets, more so than well, it is in Ottawa. You know what? You know what, Tone? I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, I wasn't around to see him play, so I can't speak to his style of play. But just looking at numbers alone, the Montreal Canadiens retired the number of Emile Bouchard who was not an all-star scorer by any means. In fact, he had about quadruple the amount of penalty minutes than he did in Mm -hmm. points. Uh, What I'll say about Chris Neal is that... He he, he captained a team that won Stanley Cups, though. Sure. And and you know what? That's not nothing. You can't... That's nothing to sneeze at, but... Uh, no, what, but my point is, is I'm, a that, little, I'm a little bit surprised that you brought that up tonight. We're talking well, to Steele and you're talking to me about the Emil Bouchard. Well, no, because well, because what I'm saying is, is that Emil Bouchard. When you think of you know the teams that won the Stanley Cups, the, the legends that have played for this uh, that pl- played for this franchise, you know, people my age don't typically think Emil Bouchard as a, one of these legends. You know, he's he's probably the one that we see in the rafters and go, who's that guy? So, well, people, hold just, on a well, second, Matt. How old are you? I, I'm 25. Well, people your age don't think Emil Butch Bouchard because he played in the 40s and the 50s. No, but we know of Jean Beliveau who played. I in mean, the you 50s. were you were born in the late 90s. So, but what what I'm saying is is that yeah. not every team has the history and the lore of the Montreal Canadiens. And I could say growing up watching Chris Neal from a Montreal lens, this guy was the heart and soul of that team. I, I have friends in Ottawa. I could talk I, if I talk to them about the Ottawa Senators, and which I have in the past, mm-hmm. you know, the one player that always got brought up. Yeah, of course, there's Spezza, Alfredson, Heatley, and, and Dominic Hasek played for them, and Stano Chara played for them, of course. But they always brought up Chris Neal because that guy was a heart and soul guy. For, he was, but for, you know, for 10, the, 15 years. Perfect. Are the Canadians going to retire Brendan Gallagher's number? 
Probably not. Well, Brendan but, uh, Gallagher is a heart and soul guy who scored 30 goals in multiple seasons. I mean, Brendan well, Gallagher is a much but again, better hockey player but, than but, Chris Neal. Okay, but, but again, Tony, the, the standard for a franchise that's been there for 110 years plus versus a, a franchise that is only a franchise since 1993 you know, there, there, there's a, there's a big difference. Well, there, there, there's a big difference on that point. I'll agree with you. I didn't agree with your other points, but if you start retiring Chris Neal's number 25, you, you know, there's a lot better days ahead for the Ottawa Senators with the Brady Kachucks and the Stutzlas and the Jake Sanderson's of this world, that if you're starting to retire Chris Neal's number, you're going to end up retiring a lot of numbers uh, over the next 15 20 25 30 35 40 years on that note uh i don't want to end the sick podcast tonight talking about the ottawa i want to end it with the montreal canadians and yellow if you can throw out one more comment montreal canadians related and if you're watching right now on uh, youtube facebook or twitter comment sick it's a way that we can feel the love and if tomorrow you or one of your buddies are going to go listen on Apple, Google, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It means a lot to us. What's the difference between the way Slavkovsky got hit and the way he hit for one to be five in a game and against him, no penalty whatsoever? This coming from Robert Fortin. I think there was a difference. It kind of resembles that a little bit, um, but I think there was a difference, and... I think there should have been a penalty when he got hit, but I don't think it should have been a five. And I think even though there was no malicious intent, I don't have a problem with Slavkowski getting five tonight. By the letter of the law, I think he should have got five, and he did get five. Yeah, I agree. I think he deserved the five. He got the five. He got an extra. He got the game as well. Um, again, not a suspension. The difference, the difference is, is that. You know, Slavkovsky didn't take as hard as a fall. That's that's the difference. He didn't yeah. take as hard as a fall. He didn't get hurt on the play. Luff got hurt got hurt on the play. And generally, if you get hurt on a on a ticky tack play like that, where it could go either way, you're gonna get the call. Yeah, I listen. Uh, I don't think he's gonna get suspended either. But if he does, I'll say this: he'll get maximum one game. Yeah, okay. Matt, thanks for jumping on. You and I are gonna do this on several occasions. You jump on when I'm on. I'm going to jump on when you're on. We're going to have a lot of fun. And tomorrow night, it's the Vancouver Canucks visiting the Montreal Canadiens at the Bell Center. And I'll be back on, same time, same place, right at the end of the game. For Matt O'Han, I'm Tony Marinero. Special thanks to all of our sponsors. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer, Lacage, and Energy Transportation Group. For all of you watching Via all social media, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, you are our sick army. You are the reason why we do this. We thank you very much for your support. We thank you very much for engaging with the messages and on the chat and calling in for all of you. I'm Marinero. Have a great night. 3-2 Habs win. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. 
Intense by Nature, and La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.